Here, again, I start with a warning, especially for those who consider themselves Bible-believing Christians. The warning is that whenever we read in the Bible about the actions and words of a certain character, the good ones, not the bad ones, we get tempted to judge them even in our hearts. The most common personality in the New Testament who gets bashed often and even made an object of ridicule is Peter. Of course, the pastors are the ones who started all this. They let the worms out of the can and now they can't put them back in. Let us just remember two things about him so we can stop underrating this apostle publicly. 1. He had more zeal than most Christians today, he was willing to kill and be killed. He had zeal but less wisdom. Today most of us have much wisdom, but zero zeal to live for Christ. 2. We'll meet them personally in heaven. They'll know how you portrayed them to others. Avoid the embarrassment. So the next time you do a study on a person, be careful. Be very careful. Because we will be judged by every word we spoke, wrote, posted, or tweeted. Let's put everything in proper context now and see what happened with our dear brother, Peter. Starting from verse 10 of Mark 14 we see Judas Iscariot going to the chief priests to betray him unto them. The chief priests were delighted with this opportunity and promised to give him money as they together planned on how to go about this. As the day of unleavened bread approached, his disciples asked Jesus where he wanted to commemorate the Passover. Jesus then gave them instructions that would help them identify this place and to prepare the room where they were to celebrate the Passover meal. That evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were seated at the table, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. The disciples were saddened to hear this and asked him individually, Is it I? This three-word question is very telling about the strength of the loyalty of the disciples for Jesus at this point because it shows that they were still entertaining the doubt of being able to keep their zeal for Jesus when the time of his passion would come. They needed Jesus to foretell if they were the ones who would break and fail at the crucial hour. So Jesus gave them the sign of who the betrayer would be and proceeded to break bread with them, thus instituting the Lord's Supper. From here, they moved to the Mount of Olives. Again Jesus foretells the disciples that they would be offended because of him. This is a very interesting word from the Lord Jesus. The GK Sigma Kappa Alpha Nu Delta Alpha Lambda Zeta Omega, scan Dalit Zo for offended is revealingly defined by mounts as to be affected with scruples of repugnance towards anyone as respects his claims or pretensions. It is very much possible that the disciples expected Jesus to bring up the fireworks at his arrest, destroy his enemies, proclaim himself as king, and proceed to take back Israel from the Romans, re-establishing the sovereign nation and kingdom of Israel. Were they all expecting this night as the moment of truth and seeing their hopes and aspirations finally coming true with Jesus? As surmised by some scholars, did Judas think he was doing the nation a service by pushing Jesus' hand into defending himself and bringing a politico-military solution into action? Well, that was what Jesus foretold them, they will be badly disappointed in him. But he gave them the instruction of where to go after his resurrection, to Galilee. It is at this point that Peter shows his zeal was unlike what all the other disciples had. They had flickering devotion, he was ablaze for Jesus. We do not know if Peter asked the is it I? Question, but what he said in verse 31 will make us think he probably did not. I think he was pretty certain about where he would make his stand, for Jesus, in life or death. Here comes our verse. But he spake the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Mark 14 31. Let's break this down. But he spake the more vehemently. Dash the but comes after the Lord Jesus revealed to Peter that he would deny him thrice before the cock could crow twice that night. 
the Greek pi epsilon rho iota sigma sigma sigma, perissos translated as vehement here means, exceeding abundantly, more, much more than all, surpassing. Peter wanted to be convincing to everyone listening to him. Adding emoticons to our words seems to relay exactly how we feel about a matter. But Jesus can't be fooled by our outward actions or words, he sees exactly what is in our hearts. I will not deny thee in any wise. Dash zeal alone without wisdom can make us say rash things without first counting the cost or real implications of our words. History would, later on, reveal to Peter what the real price for not denying Christ would be. That all eleven apostles except for John died as martyrs, proves the historicity of Jesus of Nazareth, the authenticity of the gospel, and how strongly the first century Christians held on to their faith in Christ even in the face of severe persecution and death. You can junk all other religions. Christianity is the real thing. Likewise also said they all. Why the rest of the disciples echoed Peter's words, we don't know. Perhaps they didn't want to look weak and fearful, or perhaps they were resigned, in the way Thomas boldly told the other disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. John 11:16. And so, after the fact, they humbly practically accepted that all twelve of them, including Judas, also betrayed him, Matthew 10:4, having forsaken him during his arrest. After all, it is possible that a nagging guilty feeling hung over the eleven, perhaps questioning themselves, why did we not take any effort to stop Judas? When it was well within their power to do so, whether by gentle coercion or by force, especially since Jesus gave them the clue of who the traitor would be. But because they tolerated Judas's action, they counted themselves guilty as accomplices, or of abetting a crime. Toleration is not entirely a positive word. So much for social justice, the stuff modern Christians are sadly engaging themselves in, falsely thinking that if they became more active in earthly matters, they could make a difference. We make a difference where we are by being salt and light, and not by condescending and acting as weapons or dealing with carnal matters in the flesh. Such venues of action even how godly they may be dressed up, are simply zeal without the wisdom of God. Zeal can get you to places, but only wisdom brings you to your destination. Zeal with wisdom brings you to your destination quicker.